Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, February 21st, and we're back for another week. We got a couple spring training games at the end of this week. It's almost baseball season. We're almost there, Chris. We're almost there. We're we're almost there. That uh that stupid, stupid groundhog is is not gonna hold us back this year. No, he's not. I I actually we can get right into this, honestly. And okay. and I'm I'm I've got a bone to pick with this stupid groundhog. You know I found out this year that he's like never right. Ever. Who pucks a Tawny Phil? He's like three for ten in the last ten years. That's terrible. Why do we continue to listen to this guy? Yeah, I just don't understand why it's like the town of Puxatawney, Pennsylvania still like loves this tradition. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Why is it a day? Why is it on calendars? Why is it something that just people say? It doesn't make any – the guy, the stupid groundhog is never right. If it was right like all the time, then fine. Three for ten? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now and it says prior to 1993 – the Groundhog Day event in Puxatawney attracted crowds of approximately 2,000. The popularity of the film Groundhog Day starring Tom Hanks. Or no, that's not, that's not Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm an idiot, dude. I'm so dumb. It's Bill Murray. Um, brought significantly more attention to the event with annual crowds rising to ten to 20,000. That's too many so people. It's, it's literally the movie, which this tradition would probably be dead if it wasn't for the movie. Which came out? In, I, like, I just like. I still can't believe that it's a thing. It's 2023, and we're still paying attention to this stupid ass groundhog. Okay, fuck this guy. So the inner circle, in keeping with the suspension of disbelief, claims a 100% accuracy rate and an approximately 80% accuracy rate in recorded predictions. They claim that whenever the prediction is wrong, the person in charge of translating the message must have made a mistake in their interpretation. Impartial estimates place the groundhog's accuracy between thirty-five and forty-one percent. Yeah, that's, why does, that's why terrible. Does, why does this guy get all the fucking attention when he's right a third of the time, if that? That's what I'm saying. He doesn't make any sense. He's not good at his job, and we, we're still listening to a groundhog to tell us if there's going to be more winter. In uh, 1942. His uh, prediction was a war cloud. No way. He predicted. A he predicted cloud. the. He predicted. They're say, they're trying to say he, he predicted, predicted the war. Tr- they're trying to say he predicted another year of World War Two. Shut the fuck up! Like this is stupid. <laughs> because they this said they're trying to claim that. So World War Two started in 1939, 40, 41, and then in forty two. He predicted that the war would last another year, and the war didn't officially end until 1945. Dude, like, I, I can't even deal with this shit sometimes. It's so, it does just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I just think it's kind of embarrassing that, like, those guys still dress up and, like, pretty much just hold a, a, a groundhog up in front of cameras and just make a weather prediction every year. Yeah, I know. And that's like their their big deal every year. But it's not stopping us this year, Zach. It's not. It won't. It, it never will. It already feels like it's it's spring. It's it's February twentieth on the day that we're recording, and it's fifty two degrees right now outside. It's beautiful. It's a nice day. It's a nice day to get outside. 
Should have recorded outside. Well, I mean, I wonder if this pop filter I have would take away some of the the wind. Mm. Yes. The wind in my wind. sails. You take the, the wind nemesis. you take the wind out of my sails sometimes. Thanks. Thanks, man. That's not a compliment. Oh. Then what is it? It's like you uh, taking Oh, a, never mind. I get it. The wind it. out of my sails is like kinda of like raining on my parade. I am a little slow, a little bit. So not so not much news to talk about today. Like 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 we were saying earlier pre show, it's it's kind of one of those weeks where it's everyone's reporting to camp. Guys are still getting back into the routine of things. Games start Friday uh, with three games, and then Saturday and Sunday, I believe everybody between Florida and Arizona is playing. So come next week's show on Tuesday, we'll have a lot more content. We'll have game content. We'll finally have a first look at some guys in different uniforms, which will be fun. You think DeGrom throws before we record next? Probably not. Probably not. Now, now with his uh, scary tightness, you know. Yeah, true. I wonder. I wonder how much these uh, World Baseball Classic guys are going to really hit the f- like. Because I'm assuming teams are going to want to ramp them up pretty quickly. Because for that, those two week stretch that they're going to be uh, away for the World Baseball Classic, that baseball activity is going to be a lot more strenuous than a regular spring training game would be the guys yeah, go I'm all kinda, out in those games i'm kind of always interested like how that affects them because i don't know we talk about it like spring training is is the coming into the season and you, they all we always talk about how important spring training is too and how the guys need to you know slowly get back into the run of things i wonder how like the world baseball classic if if the preparation is different and how that kind of takes a toll on their bodies for the, not just the beginning of the year, but the entire year, you know, you're playing basically a, I guess another, another half month to pretty much a month with practices of extra baseball because spring training, like those games, if if you're one of the best players, you're either not playing or you're playing a couple innings. We obviously know guys aren't going out there playing eight innings and guys aren't throwing seven innings starting in games. That's just not happening. But in the World Baseball Classic, that's going to happen. You're going to go out there and play nine innings in the field. And if you're a pitcher, you're going to go like it's a normal game, like it's crunch time, like it's the playoffs, honestly. Yeah. So it is – I do wonder if they – how they kind of you know get their bodies ready for that and if it really does bother them. Because, I mean, especially with the whole injury concern thing, if someone gets injured in the World Baseball Classic – I mean, you must feel like a big piece, big pile of shit. Yeah, well, I'm sure it breaches some sort of your contract also. I mean, I'm sure a lot of contracts have languages that these guys have to be able to play in the World Baseball contract, but I wonder if you're hurt in that, what that does to any part of the contract. That would be an interesting question for someone way above my pay grade, but... Yeah, you don't get paid that much. No, no. (laughs) No, I do this for free, son. (laughs) <laughs> volunteer volunteer not all heroes wear capes but i kind of wear one. you don't no i do oh really yeah no i do can i see your cape no. do you have it on no, you? no 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 oh, okay uh zach so some interesting news came out yesterday before i get into more mets talk 
I probably saw about four to five videos <laughs> on Twitter of Kodai Senga throwing live BP yesterday. I don't know if you it saw it. Did make you happy? Uh, it did make me happy. What also made me laugh was about a, more than a quarter or half of these videos were all Pete Alonso striking out on his ghost ball pitch, <laughs> and it Pete Alonso looks dumber than ever these days. And just seeing him strike out on those pitches was hysterical. Well, so that's so, so that that that's like a fun bit of spring training, getting these like little snippets of. Uh, potentially what a guy could be. No one's freaking out over this, but you know, it's fun. It's funny to see Pete Alonso striking out on one knee on February 18th. I hope you don't, I mean, you, you'd rather him do it on February 18th. It's, it's than a foreshadow. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a foreshadow of what's to come in the season. Just stop with the negativity. I'm not negative. I'm not negative. I'm not negative. It's just fun. I just think Pete Alonso is a funny guy to see strike out because it happens so often. And when he does, he just looks embarrassed. He looks really bad when he strikes out a lot of times. That that, that makes sense. I I would be pretty embarrassed too if I was Pete Alonso and I kept striking out. Uh, what what was the deal with this college baseball going on in uh, the Rangers Stadium this weekend? That looks pretty sick. Is college baseball officially back? College baseball is back. Okay, because I see- we should honestly do an episode about college baseball because I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try to try to watch a lot of more college baseball. Can we this pick year. a team? We should pick a team to follow. I like Wake Forest this year. I like Wake Forest. Wake Forest is cool. The Demon Deacons. All right, boom. That's our team, Wake Forest. Are we Wake Forest? Are we a Wake Forest? If podcast? they win the college baseball championship, whatever the fuck it's called. Wait, before uh, we before we make a decision, what um, NCAA baseball AP top twenty five is is Wake Forest even sniffing a twenty five a top twenty five record right now? Oh, they're yeah, six. they're good. Oh yes, shit, they're good. Yo, I was being serious. Yo, let's be Wake Forest fans, dude. No, like I, Wake Forest has very, very good chance this year. They have phenomenal pitching. Yo, I'm down. I'm so down. All right. Yeah, I was actually like gonna throw like actual money on Wake for a Wake Forest future. Well, it'll probably be more profitable than spinning a roulette wheel every time with a random number. I'm sure that it will. Can I also just shout out everyone out there? Shout out. Uh, actually, does we're shouting out does Georgetown money line yesterday? Oh, yeah, dude, what a bet! I that walk was. into this kid's house, and the first thing he says to me is, "This is not advice, but Georgetown money line Butler has injuries. It's gonna happen." Yeah, I, Georgetown I honestly... the six win Georgetown Hoyas at Butler. What a win! I that was I honestly I follow a lot of Big East. Uh, basketball accounts on twitter and there was just a lot of people on twitter yesterday uh just really really uh gassing up georgetown and and how that this would probably be a game that they could potentially have success in and i was all over that line as soon as i saw that it doesn't really take me a long time to get peer pressured into a bet but once i saw georgetown value and they could probably win this game. I was all over it. Like you sold me. I, I I was in love and I fell in love in a hopeless place. Shout out. Reality. It feels, it, it feels good to get back on the winning train. I I have been very cold in picks and bets and everything. So also can we, t- do you want to hear something funny? This is completely unrelated to what we're talking about. 
sure. on the XFL broadcast this weekend, the broadcaster, like the broadcaster and the play-by-play personnel were saying, the broadcaster says, a touchdown here would make some people happy. And the play-by-play uh, guy goes, I mean, you could just say it. And the broadcaster goes, the over. It would be great for the over right now. <laughs> so why could, I wish we had more. Like, I think there should be football, obviously, and basketball are the two biggest sports to bet. But I think it would be really cool, like how the XFL has brought in, uh, on the scoreboard, you can see live betting lines. Like, you could see what the spread is at or the over-under. I think that would be a lot yeah. of fun to mix in for some major league games. I wish it was in like, or at least the, the World Baseball Classic, the major leagues. I wish it was in the major leagues, like baseball, football, fucking everything. It's, I, I don't think it'll ever happen though. I, 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 they, you see it like at least if you look at the difference between like 2015 and now. Now, even when you're watching like watching like ESPN, you used to just see like on the bottom where when it flashes up like what the matchups are for tonight or whatever in the NBA or the MLB, it used to just come up who's playing who. Now it comes up and a lot of times it shows you the money line and what the spread is. That never used to be there. So even like little changes like that, it's cool to see. But I think they should just keep going more into it because it's only going to get more and more people interested. The people who who don't watch actually might watch just because they bet. That's what I'm saying, and dude. I think I, I want to hear about my bets on the broadcast. That's what we talk about when we watch football where we're talking about our bets. I would love if the comment commentators were talking about that too. But instead, Tony Romo is trying to guess what plays. No, I think that I think what like play by play and color commentators need to start realizing is that your, your audience is, is people who are just trying or who are probably just betting and just trying to relax and watch a game. Like you don't really need to get that analytical and that in depth with your takes. Just talk about shit. The normal guy wants to hear. I don't know if that's necessarily a hot take that, I mean, it's not going to work for every broadcast, but for some, why not? I think it's it's something so small that it can be at, that they can just add in that like it's not like they have to know the ins and outs of betting but if if they talked about just what the over was and like when it hit if it's going looking good look not looking good if they they could talk about the spread that's if they just talk about like the over under and the spread that would be enough right but they, they just like I think it's something that's just like so I don't know. It's just like looked down on still. I feel like in professional sports like that, like they kind of just know it, know it's happening obviously, but are just pretending that it's not. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because major league baseball was always so against betting. And now you have like the, the bigger uh, sports books like DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM. Now they're coming into the, the advertising space. And Major League Baseball has no other option but to entertain these advertisers. And it's just interesting. I remember, uh, I think it was Bob Costas one time on MLB Network. Was, he, he actually called them out and was, it was saying, he was talking about Pete Rose. And then he was saying, oh, well, now here's an ad by DraftKings. So it's just like, it's, it's a very, con- like, it, between baseball's past and baseball's present, it contradicts its stances very differently on sports betting and how that is kind of digested in in the world of baseball but 
I don't know. I, I think I think baseball, Zach, we're we're on two very different sides of the spectrum on terms in terms of modernizing the game and keeping it its old way. But I think baseball needs to modernize itself and adapt to the world of sports betting. I think that like that that is something of modernizing baseball that I am in for. Yeah, I I'm obviously like you said more of the old school kind of way, but that is something that's so minuscule that it, it doesn't it doesn't affect the game at all. The only thing it does is increase the audiences, whatever their right. the draw. It increases the draw to the game. Um. Jeremy Pena, absolutely jacked now. I know. Do you see that? And he is gonna be good. You think he's? You think he's, You think we can classify him as elite now? I think he's got to do it again. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if we can we can go elite off of one year, but I, I would say he has elite defense, and he could very easily be an elite player. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some names out right now, and you tell me which person looks the weirdest in their new uniform. Okay. Okay. Trey Turner, Phillies, weird or not? Not that weird. Kind of actually I, looks good. I, I don't think it looks weird because I've already seen him in a shade of red before with the Nationals. That's, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's why I said that's what I was saying. Kind of looks good. Yeah, Degrom, Rangers. A little bit, but not as much as I thought because they have the blue too. So it just reminds looks me normal. of Nolan Ryan. So it doesn't matter. It looks fine. <laughs> uh, let's see here, Verlander, Mets. Kinda that one is. I saw it this morning of like a video of him and Scherzer doing bullpens, and I it was it. It did look a little weird. Like I want to say it looks weird, but for some reason I've always had this. Uh, this this just this weird thing that like Justin Verlander was always going to be a Dodger, so I kind of already envisioned envisioned him in Dodger blue, but now now seeing him in Mets colors, it's it's I I love it. I don't think it looks weird at all. That's fair. I'll tell you one that that the one the one that killed me was. Xander Bogarts. Yes, that was going to be my next one. Bogarts, Padres. Uh, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. I don't think he looks good. I think it's. I think it takes a very. He looks weird. It, it, it takes weird. a very certain person to pull off the Dude, brown and he looks weird. The brown and in gold, like it looks it's really so sick. On, it looks really sick on Tatis and Machado, but for Bogarts, I'm just so used to him in the, the classic Red Sox, red and white. Yeah, I haven't seen him in the full pinstripes uniform, so I want to see that. I only saw him in like the brown shit. Uh, next one, Rodon Yankees. This guy looks like he was built built to wear pinstripes. Yeah, he looks fine. He Everybody just looks, looks like a Yankee. Pinstripes. I like looking at Yankees when people go to the Yankees because like if they have crazy beards or anything. Oh, it should Yankees. Rodon, Rodon without the beard, like yeah, he looks a little weird, but. He still looks like the Yankee. Yankees are the team that if you have a double chin, they'll find it. They'll <laughs> find your double chin. Everyone goes, you get traded to the Yankees. It's a known fact. You get traded to the Yankees and you grow like four more chins. It's true. They just make you like, want to, they, they want to make you look fat. 
Like everybody just looks weird when they go. Like Harrison Bader, it didn't even look like him when he was first when he first went to the Yankees. No, I was like, cut who his hair. is that playing yeah. center field? Cut his hair, cut the beard. He just looked. He looked like a chump. He looked so much better as a Cardinal. Wilson Contreras, Cardinal. <laughs> Not really. Not really, because he just kind of like I'm always reminds me of Yachty. I was gonna say he. It, it reminds me of like the the my entire life the cardinals have had a good catcher and it's just continuing the trend good catcher for the cardinals and it just like he fits the role very well yeah he he looks like he belongs there i'm uh, excited for that infield so so am i dansby cubs kind of because i thought he was going to be a, a brave for life i want to say yes but to be honest with you, I really don't like he. He's another guy who I feel like I didn't really see him in this uniform until he signed, and now I'm like, wow. I could always see Dan's being a Cub uniform now. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just something about him wearing like old timey baseball uniforms. Like the the Braves are like a somewhat old timey team. The Cubs are obviously an old timey team. Yeah, I see. Like, what remember, you're like remember when he got drafted by the Diamondbacks? Like that would look weird now if him with him in Diamondback colors. Yeah, yeah, it would. It, it would now. Let me tell you something. Bellinger looks great in Cubs uniform. Oh, it looks Bell- like he belongs. Bellinger looks like he belongs. One hundred percent. Justin Turner, Red Sox. He looks like a guy think, who's built for the Red Sox. I think. Yeah, I think he looks so built for the Red Sox. He looks so right in a Red Sox uniform. I'm really excited for him, actually. I think he's going to be a huge, just like a huge clubhouse guy this year for the Red Sox, was, and that's something that they we actually lacked last year. Like people came out and said that the clubhouse was just not it last year, and they mm. just a lot of guys just didn't enjoy being there, and that's something this year that I think they really need to address. And just having good clubhouse guys like Turner, and we have basically you know what people are saying, Dodgers 2.0 with Jansen, Turner, Verdugo. Kike Hernandez, they were all on the teams together with with the Dodgers, so we yeah. got familiar guys in there, some young guys. I think the clubhouse is going to be good. I think he's going to be very important this year, though. So, what's the deal with was what year was the the year where the Red Sox had all like the facial hair? Was that twenty thirteen? Thirteen, yeah, yeah. 2013. So he, he looks like he could fit right into this twenty thirteen World Se- that twenty thirteen World Series team. Oh, what a team! Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how? Uh, the San Diego Padres absolutely lowballed Manny Machado on a contract extension. Yeah, I, I feel like we kind of saw this coming, though. Like we kind of saw it coming. We know that they have so many guys that they want to pay money to, and they're giving too many guys money. There eventually has to be a breaking point. You have to let some people go, and I think that's what they're trying to do to Machado. Yeah. So we we heard some rumors that the Padres offered Manny five uh, five years, one hundred and five million. Which is just a laughable contract, honestly. That's it's that, for, for a guy like him in, in in a market which we just saw guys get close to a half a billion dollars, five years for possibly the for possibly the best third baseman in in the league right now. Right. For, for so essentially, it's like almost like disrespectful to offer that guy twenty one twenty one million a year AAV. Like that? Are you kidding me? What are the Padres doing? That's like the, the perfect way to kill a relationship. It doesn't make any sense, especially the after the contract that they just gave Bogarts, who is a definitely a 
step below Machado, even though he plays a more premium position of shortstop, which Machado has played in the past and shown, and he can play that. After the contract, they gave Bogarts, though, similar aged guys. Bogarts is actually a year older, and they disrespect Machado with a five-year 105 offer. That's te- that's terrible. Yeah. If I'm him, I'm pissed. Yeah. Pit. Like, they, they were hundreds of millions of dollars and five years off. That's that's no good. Someone who that this just happened to with Xander Bogarts being a Red Sox fan, seeing this already happen, this is not good. This is not good, especially to start the season. Yes. This is exactly what happened with Bogarts. So the the deal with the Padres offer was so Machado's opting out of a six year, one hundred eighty million dollar deal this season to to make him a unrestricted free agent. The Padres are trying to tack on one hundred five to that, which would make it a uh, 11 year, $285 million contract, which is still low for his market. In my opinion, I think it's still low too. I do. I just, I, I think Machado can get so much more on the open market. And I think he knows that too. This is just yeah, not how is, you want to start out your no. season with your star player. This is this is this is this is a bad start to contract negotiations. So, because it's either going to go two ways. Either he's going to be like, okay, if they're going to disrespect me, then I need to play even better to showcase myself to the league, or it's going to get in his head and he's going to come out slow and he's going to be thinking about his contract all year. And we've seen guys struggle because of that. Yep. And and he's definitely opting out, so there's there's no doubt in my mind that at this rate, it's it's not looking great for the Padres' chances to re-sign him. Because we know where I, they stand now in terms of how they value him. Clearly, they they clearly they value him a lot less than they value Juan Soto. I think this means that they're trying to co- commit their very, money to Juan Soto, which is very which is very fair. fair. Very it is fair. fair. It's absolutely fair. It absolutely is, and I understand that. But I, I even think just going to get a guy like Xander Bogarts disrespected Machado in in the beginning. Well, it was probably similar to like what the Dodgers did. And obviously, I know it's a different scenario, but they kind of hedged their bet with Seager by getting Turner. Exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of the same thing, and we've seen yeah we've seen teams do it, and it has worked out. But we saw Seager no longer a Dodger, yeah. so I mean that's what I expect from Machado too. I don't think he's going to be a Padre next year, but that's going to be exciting. Remember to see when where Manny he goes Machado because... was a Dodger for like sixty games? That was that was weird. I feel like we always forget that. Well, it's like all these like there's the two really big stars who just kind of like were Dodgers for half a season, made a playoff run, and then left. Scherzer and Machado. Yeah. I forgot about Scherzer too. Yeah, wow. Scherzer was a Dodger. I just like you just like forget because like it was such a it was just stupid. It was really, yeah. Was, they tried it and it didn't work. Well they what they tried to do was kind of trade their way to a World Series, which is like really hard to do against teams like the Astros or the Red Sox when they have home built talent. It is extremely hard to do. Nobody can do it anymore. It's not a thing in the MLB. Not even anymore. Nobody's ever been able to do it pretty much. It's just, it's not a thing in the MLB, which is actually why I love the MLB. You have to develop your farm. You have to draft guys. You have to have 
good minor league teams. You have to if you want to win championships. Yeah, you can't 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 really buy a, a World Series. At least in my opinion, you probably can't buy a World Series. I don't think you can either. I don't think you can buy a World Series. It's just been shown that you can't. The Dodgers have tried to do it every year for the past, what, eight years? Still hasn't happened. Speaking of buying a World Series, uh, Jacob deGrom and Greg Maddox photographed together at Rangers Spring Training Camp in Arizona. Fuck deGrom. Yeah, dude. Fuck him. It sounds like you're still in love with him. You like bring re- him up a lot. I really am. You bring him up a lot. No, dude. Like it's just. He's just like he's this, your ex no, girlfriend no. or something. This this franchise. Are you in love with Degrom? This franchise has run into some of the best pitching talent this game has ever seen. In Nolan Ryan, Seaver, Degrom, Dwight Gooden, and every single time. Why are you? Why we, did we, they run into them? I mean, because, I mean, you can make the argument that just things align correctly that you end up drafting these guys. I mean, if they didn't, they didn't draft Jacob Durant. Yeah, they did. The Rangers? No, no, no. I'm talking about the Mets. I'm talking about like us oh, as a franchise. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, okay. How, oh, I thought you were talking about the Rangers no, 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 as a franchise. No, no, no. I was like, what are you talking no, no. about? No, the Mets, like we've had the opportunity to have some of the best pitching talents in baseball history a part of our franchise. And out of those four guys that I just mentioned, they all have walked away from the team. And it really hasn't, it's kind of always ended in flames. Yeah. Which really sucks, which really, really sucks. Yep. So they could just get better. No, dude, it's just like, it's it's every time with these guys it's just you get so close to like thinking that yep, they're going to be a mad. met for life and it's just like this really like awesome thought process where you're like holy shit we're going to get a third guy to go into the hall of fame as a met and then now i don't i i i mean i was so confident that degrom was going to go in as a met 12 months ago i was like degrom will be a hall of famer he'll be a met for life now I don't necessarily even know if he has a good five or six years in Texas. Like, if he gets into the hall, what hat is he going to be wearing when he gets in? It's actually a good question. I don't know if he wins. If he, wins I think two a better side, question is: two, is does he get in the hall? Yes, yes. I don't even know. Yes, yes. He. Does. What has he done? Almost won four Cy Youngs in a row. Almost doesn't mean anything. All right. Well, he won two out of the four of them. Okay. So he won two Cy Youngs. And there's the only player that I can think of that has won two Cy Youngs and will not be a Hall of Famer is Tim Lincecum. Okay. What's the difference between Tim Tim Lincecum and, and Jacob deGrom? Uh, Tim Lincecum is miles Tim Lincecum worse. has a World Series. Well, yeah, but I think Tim has multiple World Series. I think he has yeah. two. How many does deGrom have? None. How many wins does DeGrom have? I don't think wins really matters as much as it used to. I think you're giving the um, uh, the Hall of Fame voters a little too much credit. No, I think it's I think it's a lot of it is based off of war now. And DeGrom will think, certainly meet that category. I just think that 
I mean, DeGrom, I has, a such career, a... DeGrom has a career 2-5 ERA. Like, that's ridiculous. I understand. And, 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 and in my opinion, he is a Hall of Famer, and he should be. I, my only devil's advocate argument is that Hall of Fame voters are assholes, and they will find any reason to not put someone in the Hall of Fame. No, but I think they're going to put DeGrom in. I think it's. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than you think, unless 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 he has a great run as a Ranger, obviously. But which he probably he's, he's destined to throw at least one no hitter as a Ranger. It's so it's, obvious that the script is going to fall that way. You need to stop. You need to just stop with the with the Mets fandom. Well, no, he's going to like throw Ness. a no hitter, dude. Oh, uh, he's going to throw it because it always happens to the Mets. Oh, boo hoo, Mets. Oh, Mets, uh, curse. Uh, shut up. You sound like Frank the Tank. Well, I mean, he. It's he's not right. a curse. You guys just stink. No, it's definitely a little curse. It's definitely. Uh, I'm, de- I'm de- so de- sick of hearing these Mets fans just complain about all the time. Just do with the curse. Always complaining. Little, little, little curse. Always complaining. What? What do you want? A World Series. Well, get better. We're trying. Yeah, we're trying. Exactly. Give your team a chance. Obviously, you weren't going to get one with the Wilpons. You, you, Steve Cohen's had two, three years. Give him a chance. The Mets, honestly, like they they should rebrand. They should just get a new name because no. the Steve Cohen Mets are are not the Mets. Yes, we are. We're the new New York Mets. Yeah, new. Where we don't where we don't cut our loose ends with Will Pond blood anymore. I fucking hated it's, them, dude. It's a new era. It's not Mets anymore. It's the Steve Cohen Mets. He spent as much money as physically possible to get you the best team possible. Essentially, yeah. You have the best rotation in baseball. Uh, you debatable. have the two best pitchers of our. It's not debatable, but I, I don't. I don't think it's even close. To be completely honest, you have. You won a hundred games last year. And you got I think the probably Yankees, better. I think the Yankees are still up there. I, I see, but like, okay, so, but, but, can we actually talk about I this? Think because the Astros... I'm so, because, no, no, no. Can, I actually want to talk, I want to talk about the Yankees first. I want to talk about it. If we're going to bring it up, I want to talk about okay. it. Okay. Yankees versus Mets. Let's actually break down the pitchers because I'm so sick of this Yankees have the best rotation in baseball bullshit that people keep saying because it's just not it. It's not it. Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon, and Garrett Cole. Yes, I understand that. That makes complete sense if you want to take Carlos Rodon and Garrett Cole. I get that. I probably would too right, because but you I have think Nestor, Rod- Severino, like uh, th- those are still can I finish better pieces I think than we have in the back end. That's just but uh, th- how 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 could you possibly think that because Nestor and Severino is better than Kodai Senga and Jose Quintana? Because I haven't seen. Senga pitched face major league uh, hitting yet, and Quintana is we know he's going to be a very, very good pitcher. But like, I still think that Nestor or Severino has higher upside than him. I think Nestor gets way too much credit for showing one season of of good pitching, which he fell off a little bit at the end. Yeah, but I still think he's a good pitcher. It's it's like I. 
I think the MLB is specifically just credits one good season more than any league in the entire world. It, 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 when guys have one good season and they get crazy contracts out, out of it and and people start talking like they're they're absolutely fucking nuts. Nestor Cortez has shown one year, one year that he can pitch a full year of good baseball. He's not a proven pitcher. He's not. Everyone's talking like he's just this fucking seasoned guy because, you know, people think he's seasoned and this veteran, you know, crafty motherfucker because he can't throw hard. He has to be crafty. I get it. But he's not like this crazy pitcher who you can guarantee is going to go out there and pitch 170 innings and have a sub 3-3 ERA or 3-5, honestly. I don't believe in Nestor like that. I believe in a guy like Kodai Senga, who I have seen be the probably the best pitcher in Japan. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I want to wait and see uh, how he does against Major League Hitting. It'll be interesting the to Yankees see. The Yankees also just lost Montas for the whole season. Right. But I'm sure they'll make a move. The Yankees, honestly, now that we, that we got on this subject, when we were talking about uh, Montas's shoulder last episode, the Yankees... They're, they're, they will be an interesting team to watch, like middle of the season, all-star break, trade deadline kind of uh, period in the season to, to see what kind of moves they want to make. Because honestly, like Zach, looking at it just from a preseason kind of thing, and, and if it, 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 would be, it would be hard for to forecast any team's deadline moves on February 20th, but it seems like there's like for the Mets – the pitching staff seems to be pretty well rounded out. It doesn't look like they can do too much more in, a, in the trade market to upgrade that. Maybe add one more piece to the bullpen. But besides that, the rotation is probably fine as is. And I can almost guarantee you the Mets will be going after a bat come the trade deadline. The Yankees, I could honestly see them going after a bat or an arm. It's like literally a toss-up. I I think... Yeah, because I think the Yankees just have more holes. I think they have holes in their lineup that people aren't talking about because the top side is so top because it's so top heavy. Josh yeah. Donaldson at third base is a hole. Al- Isaiah Kinderfalefa at shortstop is their opening day shortstop. That is a hole. Yeah, left field. And, and, and I thought they were, right were going to get rid of IKF before. So did I. Season, so but... did I. Right now, Fangraphs has Aaron Hicks slotted as left fielder. Ooh, that's a hole. That's a hole. Unless these rookies come up and become and be good, and Aaron Boone actually starts them instead of using them as utility guys, which he is, he, is what he wants to do for a lot of the rookies. They they have holes at the bottom of their lineup and on that entire left side of the field. Watch this video. Watch this video. I just sent you with Pete Alonso striking out. <laughs> Okay. I love watching videos of Pete Alonso strikeout, dude. He looks so dumb. Let's see. That pitch is dirty, though. I know. He does look so dumb. <laughs> he does look so dumb. He is dumb. He's a big idiot. But I love him. I love you, Pete Alonso. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, Zach, we were talking about how we were disappointed with Team USA's pitching in the World Baseball Classic com- relative to the amount of talent we have that could be eligible for Team USA roster. And now we had another pitcher drop out of the WBC. Clayton Kershaw is now 
not a part of Team USA for the WBC. I don't think they've announced a replacement. I'm sure there's one in the works, but shit, it looks like Brady Singer is our ace now. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw came out and he said that he just doesn't think it's a good idea, and I kind of give him props. Thinking about the Dodgers, thinking about his season that he's got coming up and his contract, it makes sense. I get it. If you're not 100%, don't don't pitch. It's going to be a little hurt, it, depending on, obviously, who takes his spot. Um, I, I imagine it's like um, Justin Verlander. That would be sick, but that that's obviously not going to happen. No. It's, it's honestly a shame that – and I don't blame pitchers because there's just – it's not worth like a Tommy John or shoulder injury, but – it would be fun to see those guys out there. It would, but I get it. It's going to be a hurt for Team USA because, honestly, whoever replaces him is probably going to be worse than a Clayton Kershaw. So probably. it's definitely going to hurt, and, and that's somewhere that Team USA was already lacking. So they just it just got a lot harder for them. Yeah, and it, like every day that passes by, I, I just like Team USA less and less. Just because it's just we don't have we don't have pitching compared to a lot of these other countries right now. Yep. And and again, this doesn't mean that we're not going to be rooting for Team USA. No, we no. will still be rooting for Team USA. No, I of course. still want them to win. I just think there are some stronger teams out there like the Dominican and Venezuela and maybe Puerto Rico that are gonna give the US a, a tough look when when it comes down to it, because the team US just doesn't have the pitching to handle these crazy, these crazy lineups. Excuse me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Zach, should we do a little uh, recap of the Genesis Invitational this week? Zach and I posted up at a bar stool yesterday and watched pretty much the entire final round coverage. Uh, had a few we drinks, did. had a few laughs, had some good times, almost won some bets. Zach and I were back and forth between he had Patrick Cantlay for like 250 bucks. It would have netted him. And I had Homa, which would have netted me like a hundred plus. So it's sad. We danced, we danced with the devil yesterday in terms of winning some big, uh, some, some big bucks. Yeah, it's sad, but I mean, John Rom deserves it. Played so well. He did struggle a little bit yesterday. He made it a little interesting. I thought he was going to pull after after the third day. I honestly thought that Ron was going to pull away on Sunday and just be like, "Yep," and just probably shoot like six under. But he actually struggled a little bit. We had the huge bogey that we were like that he had a he had two two stroke swings with Max. They were going back and forth, honestly. And I had Cantlay right there, and I just yeah. thought he was going to squeeze it out. Couldn't get it done, but I mean. Rom deserves it. He's the hottest player in the world. That's there's a reason he's number one in the world. There's a reason he's number one in the FedEx rankings. He he he's the best player in the world right now. That thirteenth hole where they both put their tee shots left, uh, kind of in the shit down there. I was like, oh man, here we go. Like this is mano y mano. Like who who's gonna figure out a way to make four on this hole? And you know, on on thirteen, it, it was unfortunately it was Rom who figured out a way to make four max bogeys, and then Rom birdies the next uh, two out of three holes. So it it really really made it hard for Max to to come back after that that bogey at thirteen, where unfortunately Max 
it felt like he had to play catch up after that bird, uh, that bogey. And he never broke par after that five on 13. So Max finishes with a final round of 68 when, with John Rom shooting a 69, but obviously started the day two up on the lead of him. So it was enough to, to win for Rom. And this is honestly, I, I expected Rom to, to, uh, to play strong this week after coming up short last week at the waste management, it just seemed like it was inevitable that he was eventually going to break through and get a win here. So what are you going to do, Zach? What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to get yourself together, get out there and pick the right one for the next tournament. Yeah. I would have been, uh, my last three out of four, I would have picked correctly, which is sick. So, that would have been really cool. Yeah, but I had Scotty unfortunately, last week. So it it didn't happen, buddy. It didn't, man. It didn't. It didn't. But we keep But it's okay. Keep, it's okay. We keep moving forward and uh you know, California golf was fun, but now they're heading down south to Florida for the next few weeks. Gearing up yes, for the players. So it's a lot of fun. A lot a lot of fun to be had on the PGA tour right now. I'm excited. This is the best time, in my opinion, for golf when it starts to get to spring. I'm, I'm just, I'm beyond excited. I'm so ready for the Masters. I, I, I don't know why, but I am just so ready for the Masters this year. Yeah, so I, I can't wait. I am so ready for it as well. All right, Zach, should we get into some picks? I'm in. By Riverside. All right, picks for Wednesday, February twenty second. Zach, who do you have? All right. It's actually for Tuesday, February 21st, bud, but oh, we're doing we're doing for tonight. Today's Monday. Yeah, right. So we're doing for tomorrow. Ah, uh, okay. I've always been picking I think a day in, in advance, but whatever. It's okay. All right. So picks for Tuesday, February 21st. My pick we're going college hoops, top 25 matchup, Baylor versus Kansas State. Mm. I like Baylor over Kansas State. I don't see a spread, so I'm actually just going to take the money line, just going to take Baylor straight up. It's a safe bet. Kansas State is not that good, and I expect Baylor to be back going deep in March Madness this year. They're well-coached. They're a well-organized unit of a team, and I see this team just like I saw the tournament team two years ago. I think Kansas State is going to struggle against this Baylor Bears team. I like Baylor. I am taking the Marquette Golden Eagles on the road at Creighton. I I really this is this is a tough matchup because Creighton was picked preseason to win the Big East. Uh, Marquette obviously has been the top team in the Big East for the last three or four weeks. Creighton's starting to pick up some steam, catching some some good road wins over the past few weeks. But I it's it's going to be really hard for me to stray away from. Uh, 
the really heater that Marquette has been on for the last month or so. So I'm taking Marquette on the road money line against Creighton. I like it. You love that Big East basketball. I do, man. I do. Should we get into the uh, the roulette spin? I think today I feel good about it. Do you? Ah, I do. Actually, no. Didn't we say we're not going to say we feel good about it anymore? I mean, I don't really feel that good, but I never do. So Okay, fair enough. The random number today was 15. It is 15. So, so you never know. We could actually hit 15. But what's probably going to happen is we're going to hit a number next to 15. So let's see the spin. Here we go. Okay, we are spinning. We are spinning. 31. 31. That is not the number next to 15 okay, this time. Right. At least, well, at least. Thank it's... God. So at least we're getting better. That that means next time we're probably going to hit it. So come back <laughs> on Friday's episode and see if we hit it because I guarantee you it's going to happen then. And just a reminder, follow us on all social medias at the Talk Off Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and did I say Instagram? I think so. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. YouTube. YouTube, yeah. At the Talk Off Pod. All right. Zach, you got anything See you else? Guys. Oh, yeah, I do have one thing. One day closer to opening day. <laughs>